Be present here with us, O God. Send forth your Holy Spirit. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us, upon those who recommit themselves to Christ today. Pour forth your Holy Spirit upon the whole world so that we may be renewed. Amen. Good morning. My, my name is Jim Curry. I'm a retired bishop in the Episcopal Church in Connecticut, in the Episcopal Church. And it's been a while since I've been back at St. Matthew's, and it is just a joy to be with you today as we join in a festival. We've come today to meditate on God's Word, to celebrate the confirmation of Lily and Elizabeth, and the reception of Paul James. We've come together to add our commitment to theirs to trust the promises that God has spoken through the prophets, and of course through the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We gather together today for strength, for vision, for power to find in our own lives our special way to follow Jesus and to serve the world in his name. Today is indeed a day of celebration, and yet... As Christians, we know that the celebration of our faith must always happen as we acknowledge and face the full reality of human life. We live in hope and with purpose, even as we recognize the suffering, the violence, pain, sin, and power of hate in this world. And today I want to share part of my own journey in seeking to be faithful to Jesus' call. Follow me. In my retirement, I've focused much of my attention on helping to create and sustain innovative community responses to the horrible epidemic of gun violence which grips our country. And the statistics of gun violence are absolutely staggering. According to the Gun Violence Archive, in 2022, there were 44,247 deaths by gun in this country almost 45,000. Easy access to unlocked guns and ammunition continues to be a major factor in suicide by gun. In fact, over 60% of all gun deaths are suicide by gun. Easy access to unlocked guns and ammunition continues to be a major factor in the accidental deaths of children and the wounding of children. In fact, 
right now the leading death of cause of death for children in this country is gun violence. The leading death. Not car accidents, not overdoses, not cancer. Gun violence. How can we not do something about that? Guns in the hands of people who shouldn't have guns greatly raises fatalities in issues of domestic violence, attacks on police, street violence, and heated arguments. And gun violence forever changes the families, the neighborhoods, and the communities in which that gun violence occurs. And if you think it doesn't happen among us here, it does. I can guarantee that there are people in this congregation who know somebody who has committed suicide by gun. And so it's personal. It happens in every community. Gun violence knows no limit of race, socioeconomic status, gender, age, or geography. In the first five and a half months of this year, over 18,000 deaths have occurred to gun violence and over 16,000 injuries. Where will the tipping point be? We as a society are caught in the grips of violence and pain, but also way too often we're caught in despair. What can I do? What can one person do? What can a small community do? Or in a political debate that seems exhausting and is getting us nowhere. Isaiah, Isaiah, oh, what a prophet. Isaiah also lived in a violent time. And over 2,500 years ago, amid great violence, uncertainty, and fear, he heard the promise of God. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not raise up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah preached that foundational message of hope to the weary people around him. And it seemed like an impossible dream. In fact, it hasn't been completely fulfilled even now. But it's taken hold in the imagination of people. That's what the Word of God does. Our God is a God of healing and hope and transformation who leads us through despair and even death into new life. Our God seeks reconciliation and wholeness for all people. God's embrace, God's love embraces us for the long term. That's the core of the faith of the prophets, and it is sealed in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus now invites us, and this is important for Lily and for Paul, as for all of us, Jesus invites 
us into his mission and calls us now into lives of service and creative endeavors to end alienation and hatred and violence and to bring peace starting in our local communities and neighborhoods and going out from there. Jesus asks us to trust his love and to move forward in life, risking new ways to relate to one another with renewed hope. The parable of the mustard seed is a most important teaching of Jesus. The littlest seed of faith and hope can grow into a great and mighty bulwark for service and creative action in Jesus' name. Our lives are full of choices. The way of Jesus and the promises of God articulated by Isaiah give us a template for how to make our choices in this uncertain and fractured world. And so I want to give us a new translation of Isaiah for our time. Guns are our swords. So hear Isaiah. We shall beat our guns into garden tools. Neighbor shall not raise up gun against neighbor. Neither shall we learn violence anymore. Now you and I know that we're not there yet. But God's promise still holds true. All of what we heard in Scripture today focuses on that. And we are now invited to bring this message of hope to our world by what we say, but also by what we do. We're called to be agents of transformation. The ministry of my little group, Swords to Plowshares, is one strategy, one small part among many others to address gun violence. It's one prong and a multi-prong approach toward increasing gun violence prevention in our communities. What we do is invite people to face the reality of gun violence and to rethink the place of guns in our lives so that we can create safer homes and more nurturing neighborhoods. Like the earliest followers of Jesus who were actively participating in the unfolding of God's new world, we who form tools out of guns are actively giving life to the prophecy of Isaiah. They shall, in Isaiah's passage, becomes we will as we beat guns into plowshares. There are people all over the world working to bring God's promise of peace to, into fruition. And we have benefited so by the creative work of others. In 2006, I had the opportunity for the first time to visit the Anglican Diocese of Lubombo in Mozambique. 
Their bishop, Dinesh Sengulani, is a man of steadfast faith, just like Isaiah, and a deeply, deeply committed follower of Jesus. Mozambique was late in getting independence from Portugal. It happened in 1975, and they weren't ready for independence, and they immediately went into civil war. It lasted for 17 years. And during that time, Bishop Sengalani and other leaders of the churches in Mozambique kept begging the warring factions to come together. And the bishop kept his people in prayer and fasting, inviting, inviting, inviting peace talks. And his persistence actually worked. And in 1992, a ceasefire happened. During that war, thousands of people were killed and almost all the infrastructure of the society was destroyed. And at the time of ceasefire, the country was awash with guns. So the bishop said, no, having a gun in our home is like having a poisonous snake under our beds. It's going to rise up and bite us or someone we love. So he said, bring the guns in. We'll give you an instrument of production for our new society. Seeds and garden tools and building material. Bring those guns in. We'll destroy them. And they did. And over the years, over a million guns were brought in. But the bishop said after that, that's not enough. I invite the artists of Mozambique to take these destroyed weapons and to make symbols of hope and signs of our, our renewed faith that we can live in peace. And so the artists took up that challenge, and this poster out here, which most of you can't see, but I invite you to look at after the service, is called the Tree of Life. It's a, it's a sculpture made out of guns that's about 14 feet high, and you can see that it's all welded together. Those are real guns. And then the branches are the barrels of rifles, and the leaves of that tree are the magazines of AK-47s. It's a very powerful statement. The tree of life comes from the book of Revelation. The tree of life stands on either side of the river that runs through the New Jerusalem. And we're told this that there is fruit for every month. And the tree keeps giving of itself. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Those magazines of KK-47s become the symbol of the healing of the nations. That sculpture was put in the middle of the capital city of uh, Mozambique, Maputo, for quite a while, and people were invited to come and sign a book. And the book asked this question, will you pledge not ever to go back into civil war? 30 years later, Mozambique has not gone back into war. An acting out of the promises of God started by a small group 
the Anglican Church into a larger community. And then, after a while, the people of Mozambique and these artists said, let's give this tree for a broader message. And now it's in the British Museum as part of their permanent collection, a symbol of the hope that God has given us. My cross, and I think a number of you have already seen this, is made by the same artists. It's made out of an AK-47, or pieces from a couple. The cross, think about it. It's an instrument of death, just like a gun. And yet, God takes the cross and in God's love transforms it through the love of Christ into the greatest image of hope the world has ever known. That's the power of the promises of God. An instrument of death becomes the hope of the world. Now, like Mozambique, images of hope often come out of tragedy and grief and violence. And sometimes new awareness can grow out of that kind of tragedy. The Sandy Hook Memorial, it's a beautiful garden, is one such idea that came out of huge tragedy and yet stands as a memorial of life and hope. The same is true with the Botanical Garden of Healing in New Haven, where yesterday people gathered to remember those who have died, but more importantly, to re-pledge themselves to work for the healing of community. Now, sometimes new awareness starts with the creative imagination of just a few, a few people. Hydea Pendleton was a 15-year-old girl from the south side of Chicago in 2013. And Hydea had gone with her school group to perform at the second inauguration of Barack Obama. And the next month, she was back home sitting on a swing in a park in her neighborhood in Chicago, and she was shot and killed by a drive-by shooter. Her friends were devastated, obviously, but they were trying to think, what can we do that would be an appropriate memorial, an appropriate statement, an appropriate action that could continue to hold idea with us. Her birthday is June 2nd. She was going to be 16. And her friends decided that on that birthday, they were all going to wear orange. Why orange? Because orange is the color that hunters wear to tell other hunters, I'm here, I'm alive, don't shoot me. 
And so those friends did that on that day in 2013. And since then, June 2nd has become Wear Orange Day, a movement that started with just a few teenagers in the south side of Chicago has grown so that across this country, the first week of June is known as Gun Violence Prevention Week. People wear orange as a reminder that we don't have to live caught in that violence. And clergy get to wear stoles like this on occasions of celebration, reminding ourselves that we are part of a movement going across the world that says it doesn't have to be the way it is. Now, Swords to Plowshares began almost seven years ago when a few of us heard about a father and son in Colorado Springs, who after the shootings at Sandy Hook said, we got to do something. We have to do something. And they had the idea that they could create garden tools like these out of gun barrels. And they invited people to come and give them their guns and they destroyed them. And then they started using blacksmithing skills and started fabricating tools that they would give away and give away to community gardens, school groups, universities, anybody who is willing to take the garden tool and use it for nurture and to tell the story. And a few of us here in Connecticut said, whoa, we can do that. And we started now about seven years ago and it's been building ever since then. We work with police departments in towns across New England, across the mid-Atlantic states. We destroy the guns, we fabricate them, we give them away. Last year we gave over 30 demonstrations. This year we're doing about the same. We're here today. And at each event, we hammer guns into gardening tools. You're invited to come and do that. And we also forge rings, forge out of rings from a shotgun barrel, hearts. Now, why would we do that? Because not only do we have a gun problem in this country, we have way too many guns, but we also have a heart problem. We're caught in the midst of the violence that is so, so, paralyzing. And yet at the forge, we can make a heart. We can form it out of the heat of the forge itself. You get to do that today too, and have a symbol of transformation. So on this day of celebration, on this day when we are recognizing the choices that Lillian and Paul are making, when we're reconfirming our own faith, I want to invite you to come join us at the forge. Come, I have a hammer waiting for you. Come and be part of a small but growing movement of transformation. And let us proclaim today in our faith that there are 
ways beyond political deadlock and personal despair. Let us proclaim on this beautiful June morning that hope is stronger than fear and that God's love, God's love that empowers us into action will help to break the grip that violence has upon us. One more thing. You'll see here an icon. And again, as you come forward, take a minute just to look at it. It's Jesus, the blacksmith. Jesus pounding a sword into a plowshare. Now, I want you to know, you already know this, it's not biblical. It's completely not biblical. And it is completely true. The spirit of love is in this icon. And just, I love it. So take, take a look at it and, and just think, yeah, the spirit of Christ is about the transformation. And with our little forge, we're just a little teeny part of that. Amen.